Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of the PVD cast. And three geeks. <laughs> well, as you hear, uh, I have a special guest that I will introduce here in a moment. I am John Orlando. I am your humble host and your podcast purveyor. Welcome to episode number 335. Jason Taylor from the Three Geeks Podcast is joining me here um, because we have kind of a unique episode that uh, we're going to talk about here. So, Jason, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. It's good to finally be on the PVD cast. Yeah, this is my first time. First time ever? Yeah. Well, as a co-host, yes, I suppose that would be accurate. I've never had a co-host, so you are the first co-host ever. I don't think I've ever been on PVD cast. I'm pretty sure you have. I'm pretty sure I haven't. Yes, yeah, as part of Remake Revolution, I'm sure of one. Oh, of those. remake, yeah, like yeah. a re-air, but no, like never like officially. Okay, well, welcome. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, and I'm glad you're here because uh, we're going to talk a little bit about a trip that we made a couple weekends ago, Memorial Day weekend to be exact. I've actually never hung out with a podcast purveyor. Well, look at this. You could check that off your bucket list. <laughs> I will. <laughs> um, so we went downtown uh, Columbus, Ohio, uh, Memorial Day weekend to the Fanboy Expo, which is a comic book convention here in town. In fact, it was the first time that they've ever had one here in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. Uh, for those folks that don't know, uh, Columbus used to be a Wizard World town where Wizard would come once a year and do their big show uh over the last what i'd say two years three years since the covid stuff yeah since right before covid uh wizard stopped coming to columbus uh because they felt it wasn't i guess marketable or wasn't profitable or anything along those lines uh so uh and following the pandemic uh wizard has announced that they're no longer you know they're no longer in business period but yeah they, they've uh they merged they, so they, they have the same staff, but okay, yeah, they, they merged with another con. Okay, but yeah, they're they're pretty much kind of kind of out of business. Yeah, so so fanboy comes to town, and we definitely wanted to check it out, and so we went down. Uh, what was it? Friday evening, we went down. Friday evening, yeah, and then we spent most of the day Saturday down there. It was a three day uh, event. Uh, we got to talk to some cool people. Uh, Dave Foley from News Radio. And Kids in the Hall, we got to talk to him for a moment, which you'll hear that conversation on this episode. Sean Patrick Flannery, uh, we got to speak to, and actually made fun of me, which yes. made, your, made your night. Made my day, because John is one of the most prepared human beings I have ever met in my entire life. And we, three geeks, always try to play a game with John. Like, whenever he's a guest, we don't give him any topics, because we don't want to give him time to prepare. So John will just prepare everything before he comes on. Like, he'll look <laughs> at all of the geek stuff. Or he'll prepare his own stuff and bring it on and say, hey, guys, I got this to talk about. But um, we even doing interviews like when we did Wizard World, we'd always try to last minute. Hey, John, last minute, we got this interview and he always came prepared and he was prepared for this one as well. But Sean Patrick Flannery actually called him out for being unprofessional. And I laughed my ass off. I did not fully research his new film project, which he called me out on, which good on him, man. You know, I mean, I'm not going to say anything because he's, you know. Sean Patrick Flannery, and he also, by the way, practices MMA, which you'll hear about. So I'm certainly not picking a fight with him or being disrespectful to a dude that could kick my ass. Yeah, so. super nice guy. But super nice guy. We did enjoy talking to him. Uh, we talked to Olivia Hack. Olivia Hack. So I have this thing at cons when I go. If I see somebody who's only charging like 20 bucks for a selfie, I will usually do it because I want to give them some love. And, right. you know, she was uh, Cindy in the Brady Bunch films, the the first Brady Bunch movie and then a very Brady sequel. 
And I just recently watched those, and I think that those are some of the best spoof movies out and very, very underrated films. But um, once I got my selfie with her, John and I got to talking with her, and she was super nice. Yeah. So we, we worked it out that we could interview her, and I had a blast talking to her. I didn't realize all the voiceover work she did until the two minutes I prepared ahead of time. Right, yeah, she's done a lot of stuff, so you're going to hear that conversation. Uh, what other? I mean, we we ran into a lot of independent creators as well, including Jack Wallace, good friend of the show, uh, from Disposable Fiction Comics, and of course the C- Columbus Scribbler. I had just met him for the first time. Yeah, you you had said that. You were like, hey, the, because he was on Remake Revolution last year. Yeah, I, I mean, I've met him on the show a few times on Three Geeks, but um, yeah, he did, uh, I can't remember the... He did Showgirls, which was a remake revolutions. It's a, it's fantastic. If you're into that sort of thing, you should yeah, check it out. Yeah, definitely. By the way, go back in the back catalog of the three geeks and check that out because Steve Steiner, Jack Wallace uh, against Dan and I, it was completely off the hook, crazy um, and borderline psychotic. But we um, we also interviewed Cricket Lee from uh, Avatar. Oh, yeah, that's right. Super nice young lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a moment where John and I had to pause and back away from a booth. I won't get into any details here, but uh, if you check out the PVD cast update number two, it's it's, it's a doozy. Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. We'll just say there's maybe a little bit of some controversy with that one table. Um, we'll just leave it at that. Um, but yeah, overall, it was fun. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to be 100% honest, and I hope this doesn't get me any uh, heat or anything. But, you know, I feel like the venue was way too big for this con. I feel like, you know, Exhibition Hall D, the Greater Columbus Convention Center... I think they would have been better off being in a smaller venue because there was a lot of empty space. And look, perception is reality for a lot of people. You walk through that door and you look and you see, oh, look at all that space in the back. That makes it seem less special than it is. Yeah, see, I don't think that's fair because I think Wizard World really just it didn't leave a good taste in people's mouths in Columbus. And we'll get into that as far as attendance for the show went. But, um, you know, a lot of vendors and stuff were probably afraid to come back. And they True. probably had planned on having all that space filled out with vendors. And it just, you know, it just didn't happen. I guess, I, you know what, looking at it that way, I guess you're right uh, on that. Maybe there was a lot of people that pulled out and decided not to participate in Columbus. I, I don't know. As we have talked to many people who are much more knowledgeable about how the Comic-Con uh, industry uh, works, um, you know, we found out that, you know, sometimes there's just no forethought thrown into it. So that's kind of where I was getting at. Or I'm not people, saying that that happened at Fanboy Expo. I'm just saying. People don't know how to advertise in Ohio. And sometimes yeah. they don't necessarily take the time to, to do so. But um, I got to say, man, Fanboy Expo, even though there was nobody shopping, and that's unfortunate, yeah. it was the best comic book convention or pop culture convention I had been to in Columbus Probably since maybe the first Wizard World, because that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Or the Mid-Ohio shows that I used to go to by myself with my book bag. And I learned I could not rock a book bag for two days at a con anymore. Why? Freaking my back was killing me (laughs) by the end of the weekend, man. (laughs) I'm not young anymore. Well, that's why you don't carry hardcovers to get signed by, you know, famous authors and artists. You know, You, you carry those things. You don't put them in a backpack. But... I mean, nonetheless, it was a fun weekend. We hope that uh, Fanboy Expo comes back. Through all the positives, negatives, and whatnot, it was a good experience. 
And we're happy to bring you some of the interviews of some of the talented creators, actors, actresses, and whatnot that we met. All right, with that, Jason, let's take a little pause here, and we'll roll right on into some of the conversations we had at Fanboy Expo. Everybody, welcome to another Three Geeks interview with Cricket Lee. How are you doing today? What's up, Three Geeks? Good, thanks. Uh, so the rest of the guys are going to be extremely jealous that I talked to you and they weren't here for it because they're coming tomorrow. But um, I want to start with uh, Celebrity Deathmatch, <gasps> that MTV classic. Oh my god! What yeah. was that like? Oh, okay. So that was my very first like animation job. So I was super scared, and they had already cast a Demi Moore to play the part. So they didn't like her voice and brought me in. So I didn't. I had to look at this teensy little Demi Moore mouth, and I had to listen for three beeps, and then do my lines like her and match her mouth, which was really hard. But I did it, and then they hired me to come back and do Mariah Carey, which was really fun too. Um, MTV was great to work for. It was just an all-time great. Did you job. say they they got rid of Demi Moore to voice her own self? No, oh, okay. it was someone else voicing Demi. <laughs> And I don't I was know why say, they wow, didn't. Wow, you were better than <laughs> Jimmy Moore. That's fantastic. No, no, no. Someone else that was that was doing the Demi voice, so they just didn't like. So I came in and played that part too. Nice. So what's so. it like getting Avatar? Because that's a massive fan base, and it's like a huge cultural. We didn't know, you know, we had no clue that it was going to be anything. Just like any job that you go to and book. So if I book, you know, a Spaghetti-O spot, or then I go book. Um, you know, uh, Cars 3 video game. You, you do it, you're excited, oh, that was so fun. You keep your script, you throw it in the trunk, and you move on to the next thing. So we didn't know at the time, and, and then once we did realize, we realized how precious it was and how awesome all of the people that we get to work with was, and we got to record together in a studio, which is unheard of. So it was, it was a blessing and still is. Scott from the podcast wants me to ask you about your music career. Yeah, I'm in a blues band. And uh, we actually just went to Memphis. We participated in the International Blues Fest. So I love it. I love my band. It's called Cricket Creek. And we just have a blast. We do a lot of like Aretha Franklin. We'll do some Coco Taylor. But then we do like some country, like some classic rock. Um, a lot of like um, Tina Turner, that old soul stuff. Mm. So it's going well. Awesome. I'm having fun. Where can everybody find the music? On Facebook. It's called Cricket Creek Band. Or they can see me. Um, I think on my Instagram, which is Cricket World, W I R L D. Uh, I'll usually have like links to Cricket Creek. So it's just on Facebook. Awesome. Thank you so hey, much. Thank it's you. Been a pleasure. Love the geeks. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm standing here with Nate and Lee. These guys have some awesome artwork here at uh, the Fanboy Expo, and they also have some comics to talk about. But first, how's the show treating you guys? Man, it's been good. It's, uh, you know, off to a little slow start, but people are coming in. People are spending some money, which is all good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, this is our first time doing a show in Columbus, so we're excited to be here, hit a little bit different audience, and see what we can do. You're uh, Cincinnati guys, right? Uh, yeah, I I actually just moved to Dayton, so we're both in Dayton right now. Oh, okay. Now so, we're Dayton guys. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> well, Dayton. Not we're not dating. Yes. We're, we're brothers, so nothing like super weird. Yeah, not to derail whatever. <laughs> Dayton, Ohio. Dayton, Ohio. You guys are like the more talented property brothers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> more talented. You heard yes. it here. That's right. <laughs> do you, would you do a commission of the property brothers? I mean, if somebody came up and said, "Hey, I'm sure, if somebody I'll, wanted, I yeah. will do anything for money." 
That's yeah. not true. That's that's <laughs> mostly true. That's not all the way true. <laughs> what is probably the most uh, popular commission that you guys do? Um, a lot of my clients go for the busty ladies, so that's what I do most. <laughs> that's what people pay me to do the most. Okay. How about you, Nate? Uh, for commission work, I'd say it's really a mixed bag. Um, I've done things as random as like. Uh, Oh, now I can't remember his name. Kronk or whatever from the Emperor's New Groove. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, I don't know his name, but I yeah, know who yeah, you mean. You okay. Know, yeah. yeah. You know I was like, really? Huh? I mean, yeah, I'll do that. Uh, yeah, mostly superhero stuff for me, I would say. Is there ever uh, been one where you're like, God, this is so hard, and you couldn't wait for it to be over because it was super challenging? Oh, yes. Nate, Nate laughs yeah, like, yeah, ahead. I can uh, remember one, John. No, I mean, I'll bring up the same one. It was because it was that guy and Squirrel Girl. <laughs> And, like, with squirrels around, because I guess he's got, like, a squirrel, a pet squirrel in the movie or something. Okay. Yeah. He talks to squirrels. Yeah. And I was, like, trying to mix, find that balance of my style, Emperor New Groove style, and something that works for Squirrel Girl. It's, like, so long in the sketch phase. And it's, like, I need to figure this out and just get this out there. How about you, Lee? Yeah, I think what I've stopped doing is like personal likeness portraits because those are just a lot of work okay so yeah. that's trying to match like you know you draw something it looks cool but then you're like that doesn't look like that guy like, what am i doing <laughs> here so so i stopped doing that but yeah those are the most challenging ones that i've had all right let's talk about your comics we you have altered ego can you tell the folks a little bit about the uh about the book just a brief summary sure yeah altered ego is a comic about a woman with no powers in a world where everyone else is trying to be a famous superhero the Kickstarter was successfully funded uh, last year, which I'm super pumped about. This is issue one. Uh, issue two, the art is 95% done, and I'm playing a Kickstarter for uh, October of this year. And Nate, you have, of course, The Wild, as you have yeah. it right there in your hands. You also have the shirt on. So right. tell yeah. us a little bit about that project, please. So yeah, The Wild is a collaboration between the two of us. Lee's writing it, I'm doing the artwork for it. Uh, it's about a world of animals that's been returned to the Law of the Jungle after the fall of their magical kingdom. Uh, we're three issues in. The fourth issue, we're actually in the last week of a Kickstarter. So if you guys want to support, uh, there's still a couple days to do that. We're fully funded, so everything now is just getting okay. everybody extras. Okay. All the all the stretch goals. So yeah, we've definitely unlocked, excited about that. We've unlocked two stretch goals, working on the third now. And we do have a promotion going on at the show. If you back, if you have backed, you back this weekend, you get a free mini print of uh, one of the characters. It shows you back and you get a free mini print. And Nate's got examples right here. Yeah. He's got the mini prints right there here. You go. So we've got uh, the main heroes of the wild. You can pick your favorite if you support. Cool. And, uh, yeah. So sure. just go to uh, kickstarter.com and look for The Wild, spelled W-Y-L-D. W-Y. All right. You can also, any of our social media, that's our link, Lee Exifer and Nate Exifer. Uh, we're on all the main social yeah. media. Instagram, cool. Twitter, Facebook, anything. Okay. MySpace? Oh, no, never mind. Yeah, My bad. Never mind. That's the second we've had. <laughs> we have that. MySpace. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks very much for sitting down and chatting with us. Yeah, thank Absolutely. you guys. All right. Yeah. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm standing here with Manny. Manny, you are from... I'm, I'm uh, the creator of Heroinberg. It is a live-action uh, superheroine a video series and comic book series based in a fantastic version of Pittsburgh, PA, the Steel City. So you mentioned to me yesterday when we first met, you were talking that originally Heroinberg was a 
video project, correct? Well, it still is. It yeah, still yeah. is, yes. But it started as a TV that. show and mm-hmm. became a comic as well. So that's the opposite of some other things. Why, why go that route, if I may Well, uh, so I found out that there were a lot of interesting superhero projects being made, like low budget-wise, and I was influenced by them to create one of my own. Okay. And, you know, people couldn't really do that until they had DSLR cameras and all that. So this is stuff that's been happening over the past 20 years, shall mm-hmm. we say. But a lot of it was influenced by the same things I'm influenced by, 1970s and 1980s TV shows. And uh, I came to enjoy superheroines from that era. And uh, so we're talking about Isis, Wonder Woman, Electra Woman and Dinah Girl, um, Bionic Woman, uh, Red, the Red Sonja movie, and then later on stuff from the 90s like Buffy or Black Scorpion. So that's the kind of stuff that influenced me back then. And then I saw some people were making low-budget stuff like that now. So I, I wanted to do something that would incorporate a Pittsburgh theme and have a lot of influences that I grew up with, like DC and Marvel characters. I'm very influenced by George Perez and John Byrne, like She-Hulk, New Teen Titans, stuff that came out in the 80s when I was reading comics. Came back to comic books around 2014 and 2015, discovered these uh, low-budget series as well, and as a result, decided to do something myself. All right, so just run down real quickly. If somebody picks up an issue, what, what can they expect? So with the comic book, it is uh, an all-female uh, universe in Pittsburgh. Um, the thing that you could compare it to most directly would be the comic book Femforce, okay. which has been around since the 80s, still mm-hmm. exists. That's based in a fantastic version of Orlando, Florida, mm-hmm. and we're based in a fantastic version <laughs> of Pittsburgh. So we're closest to, to Femforce, but that's an indie comic. Maybe some people don't know about it. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah, it's been going on for a long time, and the guy who, who creates it, Bill Black, is a friend of ours now. So. Um, they would expect uh, what I call it is uh, um, action, adventure, uh, romance, and drama in the finest spandex and capes. <laughs> okay. So it's meant to be campy. It's meant to be action-packed. It's meant to be sexy. Um, and uh, we spare no expense, Okay, as they say in Jurassic Park. Gotcha. Now I'm going to move on down to Grant, correct? Right. My name is Grant Lankard. Um, so Grant, uh, what's your role in this uh, media empire, so to speak? So these are my comic books here. Uh, Beowulf. Beowulf is the story of the legendary dragon slayer reincarnated as a 30-something slacker. And his sidekick is a cat with magic powers. Then I also did this horror anthology. I don't know why I'm pointing to uh, the uh, comic no, that's book. <laughs> that's okay. It's, it's, uh, it's audio only. Memoirs of the Morbid is a horror anthology in the style of uh, Tales from the Crypt or Vault of Horror. Or classic EC comics like that. Then I also have Lines and Squiggles. This is more of a comedy anthology. Why did you decide to reimagine Beowulf? So when I was a kid, uh, my parents had this book of fairy tales. And Beowulf was the story that that kind of spoke to me. Mainly because it already kind of sounded like a comic book. Uh, I saw a lot of like parallels between him and you know, the comic books that I was reading as a kid, and I thought that it would make for a great comic book. Cool. Where can folks uh, find information about where they can get all of these books or follow you on social media or whatnot? So if you go to monarchpublishing.net, you can sign up for a free sample of Beowulf, and you'll be signed up for my newsletter so you'll know when new issues come out. Cool. Manny, how about you? So you can go to, uh, we call it Heroinburg because we want to emphasize the female nature of the 
we don't just call them heroes, they're heroines, right? Yes. And so Heroinburg is spelled H-E-R-O-I-N-E-B-U-R-G-H, as in Pittsburgh. So everything on the net that is spelled like that is ours, heroinburg.com, and then our you know Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube, and Instagram. And everything takes you back to heroinburg.com, where you can download the episodes and you can buy the comics or you can get the comics at about 200 stores in north america we have a list on the website cool guys thanks so much for spending a few minutes out of your uh, day to chat with me all right i am standing here with willow shire will how you doing man good thanks uh is this your first time here in columbus first time in columbus yep. okay how's the show going for you good fun exciting meeting yeah. a lot of good people and you're from way up northeast ohio correct yeah three hours away yeah you don't like the winter, do you? I don't like the, well, I like the winter. I don't like the snow, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's balance. It's a balance, because you, you get, get lake summer. effect yeah. snow. Yes. I am right on the, the border of where the lake effect stops. So, you know, it's one of those things where we get dumped on a mile down the road, they have nothing. And you're out there shaking your fist at yeah. Mother Nature. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk a little bit. Um, you're an author, you're an artist. Uh, you got a couple of different books out here, so let's talk about some of the books, if you will. Yeah, so uh, I started in 2018 with uh, Fury. It's a uh, urban fantasy series about um, a character named Hunter. Comes back from a botched theft overseas, finds out his partner took a job with a leprechaun, and a job's to hunt that unicorn on fire that's going around killing people and destroying things. Mm-hmm. And um, after that book, it spawned into a series. It was supposed to just be Fury, and then I've got about seven books in the series so far. Wow. Okay. Has there been one that seems to garner more attention or more sales than the others, or are they all pretty Pretty equal? Um, a lot of times I bundle them together, so okay. people will see Fury or one of the other books, and they'll just be like, hey, bundle the books together, I'll read them all. Um, but Fury, from a, from an eye-catching standpoint, uh, and you, like with the sign there and the cover, they people see the unicorn on fire, that's what draws them to the table. You also uh, state that you have a, a huge interest in the paranormal can you talk a little bit about that i i don't i'm not i'm just gonna leave it as that i don't think i can do justice to describe what you talked about uh when we first met so you want to just fill in the folks how the paranormal kind of impacts you and your life yeah so i'm an uh intuitive and an empath i experience the paranormal supernatural on an everyday basis uh to me it's natural and normal there's no para or super to it uh everybody has uh, abilities to see what you know, many call invisible people or invisible friends, uh, whether they're fae folk like brownies, gnomes, goblins, or sasquatches, ETs, they're all around us every day. And I've been experiencing since I was a child. And uh, a few years ago, uh, some of the beings came to me and said, hey, we want you to write our books and our stories to help people who are experiencing more because there are more people in the world that are having these experiences, especially with UFOs, as you can see with um, in the news and stuff they're talking about, uh, UFO disclosure and these different things. Um, what I do is I talk about my life and try to help people understand that one, it's real, two, there are many different ways to experience reality, and that three, you're not crazy. Um, you may see something, you may see a Sasquatch in the woods, you may see a UFO in the sky, people can dismiss you, but just because they're dismissing you does not mean it wasn't real. So that's, that's the focus of my work is to bring to light that supernatural, paranormal, or natural, normal, in that people, when you're, when you're experiencing something, not just to dismiss it outright. 
Well, where can folks find you on the internet uh, to keep tabs on you, to order your books, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, Willowshire.com and uh, Instagram at awakenwithwillow.com. Okay. Well, Will, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm standing here with Jordan. And Jordan, tell us a little bit about the uh, the company that you're representing down here. Yep, so I'm with Rookie Mage Games. Uh, we are a uh, party and uh, uh, party game company that's here in Columbus. Uh, we have an office down in Pickerton, and uh, we've got four games that we have available here at the show. Um, we have two games that are coming out this summer, and then we also have a new Kickstarter that will be coming out in fall. Well, let's, of course, in the minute I start talking, the public address announcer has to start. <laughs> this always happens to me. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the cards that you, the card games that you have here. Okay. So the first one we have is Don't Get Stabbed. This one was actually on Kickstarter uh, a couple years ago, um, and now selling on Amazon. This one kind of tries to recreate like a horror movie experience, where you have one player that's the killer, the other players are the victims trying to escape. And that one's really a uh, great game for uh, just kind of sitting around with your friends, chilling out. Uh, it's something that's easily picked up. You can figure it out in five minutes. It's simple enough where drug people can do it. That's kind of one of the rules of when I create games of like, if you were trash and you can't play, it's too complicated for <laughs> a rule, so I got to change it back. Uh, what about The Unseen? So The Unseen is a social deduction game about a cult taking over a town. Uh, one of the players is set up as the cult leader, and they brainwash some of the other players. Um, and they're trying to take over the town, and then the other villagers are trying to figure out who the cult leader is so they can execute him by the end of the game. And you mentioned that this is a little more a kid-friendly game, but yes. zombie pizza, zombies with pizza. Yes, zombies want pizza. Uh, this is a game I made because my nephews were mad that they weren't allowed to play the other two games because they were too mature for them. Um, so I made this. So uh, what it is is you get uh, a bunch of like ingredient cards, and they're like gross ingredients like garbage pail kids stuff like from the 80s of... You know, chocolate-covered crickets, oyster fritters, cow tongue, and you mash them together to make a gross pizza, and then the person who's the zombie in the game decides which one's the grossest, so they eat that pizza, and then the other players who didn't win get Okay. Let's, uh, let's round out with the last couple here. We got Full of It. Can yep. you run down how that game is played? So this is Inappropriate Conversation Starter. So I kind of made this because whenever we do uh, like icebreakers, that's always like, oh, what's your favorite vacation or what's your best memory? And I always thought that was boring. I like to get to the weird stuff. Um, so I made this of like, what's the things that you've done that has made a child cry? Or where's the place, like, what's the worst thing you've ever done to lie to get out of a date? Um, so I kind of made those all together and then I kind of made like a game version of it where like we totally encourage you to lie if you don't have a good story about the question totally make it up we don't care alright and last but not least Nuns with Nunchucks yep Nuns with Nunchucks so it's a battle game uh, so it's Nuns with Nunchucks and other controversial opponents so basically you're trying to take over the world but you don't have a big budget so you gotta take whatever's left um, so you get crazy things like uh, Abraham Lincoln's evil twin brother Tony Lincoln <laughs> Um, and so that's kind of like a battle game. Uh, it's for uh, two to four players, and that one's actually going to come out on Kickstarter in the fall. So final question, Jordan, how did you start making games? Like, what was the inspiration for doing this? So it was literally uh, me and a couple friends, and my uh, cousins were sitting around playing a game one night, and my cousin just literally looked over at me, and she's like, you should make one of these. Literally, as I'm in the car, uh, really drunk, by the way, I am talking about, like, I'm going to make the game Don't Get Stabbed, and it's going to have this, and it's going to have this. And I think they didn't believe me until I showed up a week later with a prototype, and then it's all kind of just kept going from there. Awesome. Well, you know what? I'm going to let you get back to uh, your table here, but 
tell everybody where they can keep tabs on you through social media, website, yep. et cetera, et cetera. So if you go to rookiemage.com, um, that's got you know all of our available games. You can sign up there. We get 15% to email subscribers off on all new games when they get launched. Um, and then, of course, all of our stuff's on Amazon as well. Cool. Thanks a lot, Jordan. Appreciate right. it. Thank you. Thanks. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another 3 Geeks interview. I am joined today by Olivia Hack. Olivia, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I was so excited to see her here because I didn't know she was here. And me and my girlfriend and my daughter just watched the Brady movie. Oh, boy. So it was super exciting. Uh, but you got your start. The first movie you did was Star Trek Generations. That was the first movie I what did. What was that yeah, experience I think it was like? 10 years old. Oh, so amazing because I loved watching Star Trek. Uh, Next Generation, and so, yeah, to book that part and then to get to work with um, Patrick Stewart and everything was amazing and super cool. We actually shot a long time on that because they ended up not liking the first time and then reshooting the whole thing a few months later, so it was really, really fun. They need to bring you back in Picard. I know! I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) They do. It's crazy. But what was it like getting the Brady Bunch movie? Like, did you know at the time how big the Bradys were? Yeah, I mean, of course I'd heard of the Brady Bunch. It was now in syndication and all that. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, then when we booked it, they sent us all the, back in the day, VHS tapes to watch and all that. And so then to watch all that and to step on set for the first time, because it was so perfect, you know, it was surreal. It's very, very cool. That was the list part to do? No, you can list anytime. You just put your tongue on the front of your teeth. So, did you get to meet Elizabeth Olsen in I, preparation? Susan Olsen. Susan and I Olsen. Did, it's okay. There is another famous Olsen. I did. She actually shot scenes in the movie that were cut out. Um, and then, just a couple weekends ago, I was at a con with her in Las Vegas. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, super fun. Yeah, Florence Henderson's cameo is my favorite as a grandma. It's really, really. And we, again, we had a different ending for that. And then they brought her in to shoot that, like, last minute. Yeah. Uh, Gary Cole as the dad it was brilliant. Gary is brilliant. He's a brilliant actor, yeah. Uh, but um, you've gone on to um, a lot of voiceover stuff. What's that experience like for you? It's great because you don't have to memorize lines. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I love doing voiceover. I've been really fortunate and gotten to work on some awesome shows. And, yeah, it's just voiceover is a dream. Okay, sure. We are a geek podcast, so I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about your time working on Star Wars. Oh, Star Wars, yes. Clone Wars. Um Clone Wars is super cool, and that arc is super cool, because um, it's the first time we learn in the Star Wars universe how lightsabers are made, um, and that was supposed to be its own separate spinoff, and then Disney bought it and canceled it, um, but it's really like a cool standalone arc, because it was what they call like a backdoor pilot. Yeah, That's awesome. And then Scott from our podcast wanted me to ask you about Hey Arnold. He says that's your favorite voiceover role? It's my favorite. Yeah, well, because I was a kid when I did it, so it's like, it's everyone's childhood, but it's my childhood too. And I just think that show has such a good heart, super ahead of its time. Um, Yeah, I just, oh, yeah, I love Hey Arnold. I just think it, it, like, the way it teaches life lessons, I don't know. It's great. Yeah, it's a great show. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Nice to meet you. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm standing here with Sean Patrick Flannery. Sean, how you doing? I'm doing good. How's the con treating you? It's killer. What's it? Uh, what's it like to be two very iconic roles, or excuse me, to have two very iconic roles, and of course Connor McManus from Boondock Saints, and of course young Indiana Jones. The what? best young Indiana Jones. There you go. There Thank you go. Thank you very much. Well, I will say, just to be employed in this industry is pretty mind-boggling. You know, coming from Texas, I never, I like, no shit, I never thought I'd get a job in the acting industry. I moved out there to be a writer. I felt pretty certain that I could write. 
and you know save my money and end up producing a play, which I did. But I never thought I would get a job in the acting world, so it kind of blew my mind. And it's not lost on me to this day. It still kind of blows my mind that people pay me to do some shit that I would do for free. Don't play this tape back and let them know that I would do the shit for free, but it is. It, 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 to this day, it's kind of it's kind of bizarre because I've had real jobs in my life. I changed the defect prior to Church's Fried Chicken. I moved pianos for Atlas Van Lines. I actually dug ditches. I put culverts under driveways. So the fact that they pay you to go and say words in front of a camera blows my mind. Can I ask, uh, what was it like working with Troy Duffy on Boondock Saints? You know, I, I mean, I've known that cat since uh, 98. You know, his, uh, his bedside manner. Look, like everybody, everybody that's ever achieved anything in their life has broken some, you know, smashed some eggshells. And he's no different. Um, you know, I, I've gotten along with him, though. And uh, other people have as well. But, uh, you know, even myself included, you're going to find people on both sides of the aisle that are like, I hate that motherfucker. That guy can't act to save his life. And then you're going to find people that go, everything he's ever done should get an Academy Award. Well, maybe not that, but, <laughs> you know, you know, you, you, there's two sides of every coin. I gotcha. How's the uh, jujitsu going? Uh, still still competing in that, uh, in that discipline? No, I, I quit. I gave it up and I started Aikido. Okay. No, I'm kidding. Fuck <laughs> off. Aikido. Fuck out of here. Yes, no, it's going great. I mean, I have an academy uh, on my property in Houston. Train all the time. Uh, class is going on tonight. Okay. When I'm out of town, one of my, uh, a purple belt of mine is teaching class. So it's a huge part of my life. Like a huge part of my life. So do you have any uh, things coming up? Any, any roles that you'd like to discuss? Any projects that are in the works or anything? Well, I do have a film coming out called Frank and Penelope. It opens in theaters a week from today. Way to do your homework, bro. Yeah. <laughs> way, to really, way to really look look into that and do that research. <laughs> is, there, uh, is there any social media that folks can follow and, and keep tabs on you? Yeah, yep, yep. Uh, I got Instagram, I got Facebook, I got Twitter. I got all of that. And, uh, you know, people think that there's like a... People think that actors have somebody doing their social... Man, I don't know any actor that has somebody. I would imagine Tom Cruise does, but... Ain't any fucking where near... You know, it's like, I don't know another actor that has somebody doing their own shit. So, I respond to all my own messages, myself. It's, okay. uh And I get a kick out of it, man. It's like getting getting feed, feedback directly from people that watch your stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So what, what are those uh, social media outlets? Uh, is it at- My Instagrizzle is SP Flannery. Okay. At SP Flannery. Flannery with one N. My Facebook is my name, Sean Patrick Flannery. And my Twitter is Sean Flannery. Okay. It's all just me. All you know? right. If you Google Sean Patrick Flannery's Instagram, it'll tell you what it is. Okay. And the same thing on Facebook and Twitter. All right. We need to get the hashtag Flannery for Indy 6. <laughs> is that, is that what Indy they're up to? Six? No, they just done five. Yeah. And Harrison Ford is done. So you'd be the perfect replacement. Oh, I, I think they'll probably get... Didn't they get Shia LaBeouf to do it? I hope they don't. Well, he was, in, he was in what? The last one. Harrison Ford. Four. Oh, he's not? No. Huh. Well, they'll probably get uh, Robert Patterson. 
<laughs> the Batman guy, right? Yeah. Maybe. He's next for, yeah, he'll probably get, he'll, he'll probably do Indiana Jones. Yeah, gotcha. Young, uh, young buck like Robert Patterson. All right, well, thanks a lot. We really appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your time. You're very welcome, brother. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am standing here with Mr. Dave Foley. Dave, how are you doing? I'm very well, and how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Absolutely fantastic. Has the uh, convention been treating you okay? Uh, they've been very nice, yes. Excellent. Most people, probably especially in the United States, know you from your time on news radio. That's Dave Nelson. Yes, that's probably what, the case. What was the experience like working on news radio? It was uh, oh, one of the best of my career, I'd say. So, yeah. It was an amazing group of people in the cast. I think one of the best, one of the best casts ever put on TV. I think, mm -hmm. uh, if you ignore me, uh, and then uh, I know, and a great writing staff too. You know, so it's, and we had a little, we had a hell of a lot of fun making that show. Is it true that a lot of the writers, uh, and I'm not sure, I forget who who was writing at the time, that they kind of just used a lot of you for Dave Nelson. They, well, they, they took stuff from all of our lives and put it okay. into the show, but uh, Dave Nelson was definitely a mix of, um, of my personality traits and Paul Sims who created the show. Okay. So basically, whoever the writers wanted to make fun of more that week, <laughs> they would put it into Dave, Dave Nelson's life. Okay, gotcha. You've probably been asked this a million times, but what was your favorite character to play on Kids in the Hall? Oh, on Kids in the Hall. Uh, you know what? Uh... I really like doing Mr. Heavyfoot. Okay. A lot. It was a dumb. It was the dumbest thing, but I like doing it. Okay. Um, how many cups of coffee have you had today? Today's oh, not not nearly enough. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I've only had about three cups of coffee today. Okay. So I'm oh, way, wow. way below my way below my par. That's what I that's what I understand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, last question. If All I right. venture up to Canada, where should I go? Where should I visit? If I'm going to Canada, give me one or two places I have to see. Well, uh, places that you have to see. Well, Niagara Falls. Okay. I know it's a cliche, but it's pretty beautiful. Okay. I would go to Niagara Falls if I was you, and that's if you, that's that's that covers my end of Canada. Okay. And uh, <laughs> other than that, go up, go up to like go to Vancouver and to see the mountains. Okay. Yeah. All right. Got any projects coming up that you'd like to plug real quick? Just right now, just the new Kids in the Hall show. Okay. Uh, it's running on Amazon Prime right now, eight new episodes. There you go. Where can folks find you online, uh, social media, Twitter, stuff like that? Twitter, Dave S. Foley on Twitter. There you go. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right. Cheers. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jason taking over the PVD cast. That's right. Those yeah. interviews were a blast to do. They were a blast to re-listen to. I forgot how much fun that weekend was. Yeah, it was a blast. I mean, you know, like we said, there were some positives, some negatives with the show. But nonetheless, the bottom line is we enjoyed ourselves. You know, it didn't seem to be a chore to be there. We, we had some great conversations. We, you know, chatted with many, many folks down there, as you heard. And we even ran into some people that didn't appear on the on the podcast. Um, and that was cool, too. You know, overall, yeah, it was a blast. As you said, I'm just going to steal your your line. It's a blast. I got to say hello to Kane Hodder, who plays uh, Jason Voorhees in Friday the 13th, 7, 8, 9, and 10. And he was super nice. It was very brief run in, but 
Super nice guy. And, and I got to say uh, hello and thank you to uh, the Total Package Lex Luger, who was down there as well. I got to speak to him for a moment. Uh, unfortunately, you know, one thing that we didn't mention, there were many WWE superstars down there, but you had to get clearances to talk, and I did not. You know, I'm usually prepared, but I'm not prepared enough to get clearances from Titan Tower, apparently. So Come on, man. I know. I'm, Don't I'm you know Vince McMahon? I do. <laughs> I wish I did. I wish I knew him, but no, no, I don't. Anyways, true story. Um, on trips to Rhode Island, I've driven past Tit- Titan Tower a couple of times. Nice. It's kind of cool. You didn't see stop it. and try to get in. I I didn't stop and try to barge in and hand my resume to Vince. No. <laughs> All right. With that, uh, Jason. Tell folks where they can find the Three Geeks podcast. Go to threegeeks.ninja. Follow us on all of the socials at Three Geeks Podcast and any way that you find podcasts. Follow me personally at Three Geeks J. Uh, it embarrasses my daughter, but I still love doing it. Where you can find me posting selfies almost daily. And I think at this time, I should tell you that you can find the PVD cast at pvdcast.com or through those usual podcasting outlets. Uh, sometimes you have to go into the search and put in PVD cast to put my name after it and you should be able to find it. And for both Jason and myself, people, if you listen to an episode, no matter if it's one episode or a dozen episodes, you have to rate and review. I mean, rate and review. Yeah, you got to that. That helps us out tremendously as podcasters. It moves us up the, the scale. You know, it lets those outlets know that you're listening and it's super important. So please rate and review and of course also subscribe so that you never miss an episode of our podcasts uh also too we haven't plugged matt talk which is the only matlock themed podcast on the face of the planet jason and i sit down the second and fourth mondays of every month we watch an episode of matlock we then talk about it joke about it have a good time hopefully we won't get into too many arguments over whether we like an episode or not no i think it's only happened once very recently very recently hint hint wink wink People keep yeah. an ear out for that. Some opinions are right, some are wrong. Yeah, yeah. We're not gonna say whose is whose, but John. anyways. No, hey, we aren't saying whose is wrong. <laughs> anyways, uh, and that can be found over at Matt Talk um, through Anchor FM or all those other podcasting places, and you can also find us online, Matt Talk underscore podcast on Twitter and at Matt Talk Podcast on Facebook. And uh, with that, Jason, should we just go ahead and wrap things up? Let's do it. All right. Thanks for listening, folks. And we will chat at each and every one of you later. Stay righteous. Stay independent. Stay safe. And healthy. And healthy. (laughs) Definitely stay safe and healthy.